and you're listening to the Cosmopolitan Hour. Hey, I'm somebody from the room, see the room 100 times, and you're listening, Cosmopolitan Hour, whatever you're listening, they listen well, okay? I'm Tommy Wiseau, have a groovy time, bye. Are we recording? We're on. We're rolling. Okay. This is episode 72. It's been a really long time because we both lost our minds, but now we're back. Yes. That's true. We did. Did you care to um, extrapolate on how you lost your mind? Well, I guess I guess that you were referring to me riding 100 miles on my bike, which I did. Why else would you do that other than you lost <laughs> your mind? For the animals. I suppose it's good enough. <laughs> And I saw a pig wearing a lay at, the, at one of the sanctuaries that I was that at. That makes it all worth I it. I fed him my watermelon oh, rind. I would probably ride 100 miles to do that. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know, feed a watermelon rind to a pig. like Wearing would, a lay. Well, feed a watermelon to a, to a pig. Like, I would ride like 50 miles for right. that maybe. Oh, I see. I but see. if that pig were also wearing a lay, then fuck dude. 100 miles. 100 miles. Yeah. There you go. Any fucking day. Exactly. So. In these shoes. <laughs> In my high-heeled boots. So there you go. That's 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 what I did. But yeah, I was, so I was out of town and uh, preparing for that and stuff. So yeah. I was a big cause of delay. And then why did you lose you, your mind? You were rubbing like lotion all over your butt and stuff right. all the time. It was really weird and awkward. I so. didn't, you know, I actually... <laughs> we didn't talk for a while. I actually I couldn't didn't make eye use, contact with you. I didn't use the lotion. The... the um, the chamois cream, as it's called. Wow. Hardcore. No, I think it's just like it's to prevent chafing, and I didn't. My problem was not with chafing; it was like with like the bones in my ass, like oh, threatening yes. to poke through my skin. Yes, ass bones. Right. Yes. <laughs> ass bones. Yeah. So I, I think in yoga they were referred to as sit bones. Right. Right. But I, I prefer the term ass bones. Me too. I'm newly coined. I'd probably go to yoga class more. If we talk about ass <laughs> yeah. bones. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Less Sanskrit, more right. curse words. Right. Now, I want you to all center your weight on your ass bones. Pull your ass cheeks apart. So, <laughs> instead of like, push your, push your sit bones towards the floor. You're like, you want to push your asshole towards the ground. <laughs> we should totally, let's, let's do that. Like, should, along with our sassy white geishas business idea. Right. We right. should do, um... We should totally do like crass yoga. You know, I bet Allegra would be down to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. That would That's be our a, yoga teacher, by the way. You know, that would be a hilarious thing for like April Fools or something like that. Yeah. We should suggest that to her. We should. That, that would, would be, be hilarious. That would be awesome. Okay. And yoga would be that much better because it would be like, like combined with hysterical laughter. Exactly. It'd be like that guy that that video on YouTube that that yogi in India that does the laughter therapy. I've never seen it. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> You've got to see this. It's very, um, it's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 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 Laughing exercise for the heart and mind. What you can do, just laugh. Very easy. Don't feel shy. It's very, it's moving, it's powerful. Well, we're doing our part to help yeah, inspiring indeed. yogis of the world laugh indeed. for a few minutes every day. Indeed. So, so why so, yes, have you I'm, been losing your mind aside from, from 
ass bones. And, <laughs> Aside from my ass bones. And um, yoga laughing. Um, I moved to a new place this weekend. And I, I feel like I did lose my mind. I moved on Friday afternoon, so I was packing Thursday night until midnight because I had to go to work the next day. <laughs> and I think around midnight, I started going cross-eyed and I still had like half the kitchen to pack and I was like, fuck this. Um, so yeah, um, I'm all moved in now and I love my new place. And um, uh, apropos of nothing, I'm also a single lady now, so. Um, yeah. So dudes, yeah. send your resumes <laughs> and headshots to... And references. I want at yes. least three references. Yes. We were just talking about this before we press play and, or record. And we, uh, yes. Erica is a lady of impeccable breeding and the highest caliber. So that shit don't come easy. Send yeah. your references. They better be also, recent. I'm also pretty brutal and will cuss like a sailor. Right. It's and do some other horrible things that might shame and embarrass you. And you um, should all be lining up for the. But it'll be fun. You should call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, mothers, lock up your sons. That's right. Um, and so yeah, I, I have an awesome new place. I live practically in a park. Um, I have joint custody of my dog, and we live very close to a dog park now, which is very nice. Um, and I'm also extremely close to public transportation, so I'm going to sell my car. That is excellent. And I did the math, I was just telling you I did the math, and the car that I only drive 500 miles a month on is costing me $200 a month. And the new car share program I've joined, which is a local nonprofit in the Bay Area, because that's how we roll in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we are super politically correct and environmentally conscious. Unless uh, we're sucking up to Oracle, um, uh, <laughs> or Apple, or one of the other or know, the Salesforce. Yes, um, <laughs> my my new car share program is only ten dollars a month, and the average trip is about seven dollars. So I'm going to save a shitload of money. I'm going to save an ass load of money, and it's going to fill up my ass so that my ass bones are no longer poking out. Excellent. And that brings me to my, my little nugget of wisdom that I want to share with everyone. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Maria in Sweden shared with me um, a new idiom that I am so pickled to learn. Pickled? I'm, I'm, I'm tickled tickled. pink. <laughs> and pickled. Well, I'm also pickled because, you know, this You're is, working that's, on it. that's what the cosmopolitan acts on. Right. But um, I'm pickled to learn this new idiom. Would, you know, pickled is an idiom I just invented. Right, okay. Um, so two, so, we're getting two yeah. for one here. Exactly. This is a fucking deal. And this shit is free. It's not even $2,500. Like know. some other podcasts that don't even exist. Yet. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, um, we will see. We will. We will. Um, so yes, the other, the Swedish idiom is... Um, it, it means like I have a full plate or I have a lot on my plate or I have my, I have my work cut out for me. I have a busy schedule. I'm, I've got a lot to do. Um, but literally translated is um, I have my ass full. I like that. So my friend Maria writes to me and she says, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm about to go on tour with my band, but I'd love to talk to you. I'll send you another email when I get back, but I'll, you know, I'll try to remember, but I 
my ass is so full until then. <laughs> and then she writes, do you say that in English and Swedish, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is the best saying ever. But the, my favorite part of the email was um, the part where Maria explained, it just means I'm really busy. It doesn't mean I really have to go to the loo. <laughs> That's kind of what it conjures up. It does, first. doesn't it? Yeah, at first. Yeah. <laughs> My colon is bursting. Right. No, that just means I've got a lot busy schedule tomorrow. Right, right. I like that. I, I think my ass is pretty full for this week, too. <laughs> yeah, my ass was packed this weekend, let me tell you. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Butt jokes. Butts. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Cosmopolitan Hour is sponsored by Troy Barnes of Community. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, did you print I out have... emails? I thought we didn't have any new emails. I didn't think so either, but then you just pulled this out this paper. No, so. these are other items. So oh, I, I see. I, I... Oh, shoot. Did I leave? Oh, no, I didn't leave my list. Hooray. Okay. I have a variety of topics I for see. us to... Oh, I already... I, I took care of this... Jahreven food. Okay. So you say I have an a full ass in Swedish. So, so the first thing that we have on our on our menu um, is uh, is something that happened a couple weeks ago, and that um, yeah, we didn't get to. We haven't we really got to our minds. Um, and so, <clears throat> I will preface I will preface this because. Um, I consider myself feminist, but recently I've been having a lot of trouble with feminism, and yes. it's not that I've I noticed you've had a crisis of conscience. It's, it's not really a crisis of conscience. It's more like, you know how some vegans make you hate veganism? True, true. There's some feminists that are really making me hate feminism. Sure. And so it's not that I think that feminism is bad, uh-huh. and it's not like I would give up on it to prove a point against people that I disagree with. Right, right, right. But I have to say, I've just been having a lot of trouble with the aspect of feminism where it seems like, I guess I feel like it's becoming more and more difficult to disagree with aspects of feminist thought. I mean, I, and the thing that, that really kind of... You mean in that you're not allowed to and other feminists call you out on it or kind something? Kind of, like okay. that, yeah. I mean, it seems like there are kind of these monolithic ideas that have arisen in kind of more contemporary feminist thought. And I mean, like, really recent feminist thought. Right. Um, or at least that have become kind of, like, popularized throughout mainstream or more mainstream feminism rather than being kind of like things, concepts that are confined more to academics or very radical feminist mm-hmm. thought. Um, and the thing that is that I think is a good example of this is the whole concept of the rape culture, uh-huh. which I'm just going to say I think is 100% unmitigated bullshit. So for, for the benefit of people that are familiar with those terms, like describe the concept of rape culture. Well, the concept of rape culture is um, essentially um, it's, a, it's a feminist concept to describe um, a culture where the uh, sexual assault and rape of women is condoned or glamorized or um, 
or even just kind of, you know, where it's where it's where rape is sort of okay and normalized and sure. and whatever. I hear I hear rape culture invoked um, a lot of the time um, in trials. I hear like a lot of feminist commentary on criminal law invokes rape culture because a lot of feminist commentary on criminal law involves commentary on you know charges of sexual assault and rape and things like that and so I hear a lot of things like oh well um, the defense counsel questioning the witness or the victim you know they're they're totally victim blaming by by asking her about her story and by cross-examining her vigorously they're they're you know, they're shaming her, blaming her. This is just all part of a rape culture. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that being the victim of a sexual assault or a rape in this uh-huh. culture is not fun. And I know that, I know that the way that uh, the people are treated when they are victims of these horrible, horrible crimes. It's generally not good. I mean, yeah. look at Sarah Palin wanting to make people pay for their own rape kits. So that well, she made them pay for their own. Did rape she? Kits. Oh man. Al- yeah, she Holy made it law in Alaska. Holy shit. Yeah. Way to go. So I mean, there's there's that, but um, you know, I think looking at defense lawyers and stuff like that, and pinpointing that as the problem is kind of off the mark. But I don't know. And Bell Hooks has criticized the concept of rape culture as kind of being sort of like a straw man sort of thing like where she said well but that's not really it the problem is the violence in our culture it's not just about it's not this one thing it's that it's like this one thing maybe exists but that's not the only problem and you can't concentrate on that to the exclusion of everything else it's violence and that and i agree with that it's kind of the same it's kind of the same as like my whole oppression is oppression is oppression yeah it's like violence is violence is violence yeah and I just don't think that like privileging one kind over another is necessarily very productive and probably isn't going to get you what you want. That's a good point. So that's like my big rant against whatever. And, um, <laughs> so I so but basically I feel like every like I I recently on Facebook posted something asking for book suggestions. Uh-huh. I was saying you know I'm feeling like I'm on weird terms with my feminism and I'd like yeah. to get things back on track and. Whatever, and so I got some really good book suggestions, but I also got like a ton of comments being like, "Well, what is it in particular?" Like, kind of wanting to like tell me what's up, and I was like, "No, I don't want to talk about it because I just, you know, I yeah. I know what you're gonna say here, or like I yeah, don't, yeah. I just don't want to talk about it. I just would like to do stuff and like work on my own thing. Sure, I'm just not terribly interested about what other people on the internet think about this stuff. Yeah, because you know." You're entitled to your opinion, but that's not what I'm looking for here. And I could not get people to stop doing that. I was just like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about what my particular thing is. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't want to talk. And it, I just like, people just kept like picking and picking and picking. And I was like, <laughs> I appreciate that you're trying to help. I do. And, you know, everybody who's on my Facebook feed, I consider them a friend at least yeah. on some level. So, you know, that's, that's great. But I was just like, why can't I just say that I'm having trouble with this? And I would like to read about it. Why does it have to be like this big issue where we have to get into a big discussion about it? And we're like, and then when I said specifically, I don't want to read stuff about rape culture. And then people started being like, I know you said you didn't want to read about this, but here you should read about this. And I was like, well, 
I kind of said that because I actually don't want to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Strange concept. Right. And, and it's like, you know. I said what I meant. And I think like, and then I think about that kind of stuff and I'm like, this is a very small deal. I'm obviously not traumatized right. by people, you know, um, pushing, trying to push me into read stuff that I've said that I don't want to read about or whatever. But, right. you know, it just, that whole thing really kind of crystallized what I see as a really kind of weird inconsistency in some of what I experience the feminist movement as. And this is my experience with the feminist movement is either, I mean, I feel like I live feminism in my life. Right. And I, you know, I have a lot of friends. But when I experience the feminist movement, it's kind of more like, hmm. I think of my experience that way as like the internet. Like my interaction with the feminist movement is generally right. on the internet, reading feminist blogs or interacting with other people who, who study feminism or whatever. And it's just like, so how come people who are so, and this is going to sound really oversimplistic and it sort of is, but um, how come people who are so obsessed with the idea of like consent and everything like this uh-huh. be so fucking deaf to me saying, right? no, I don't want to talk about this or no, yeah. I don't want to read about this or no, I'm not interested in yeah. this. This is what I want. Yeah. That's a good point. You know? And it's like, I mean, it's not the same scale. Obviously, you know, oh, somebody who saying, no, I don't want to have sex with you. But it's still a be... matter of respecting your wishes and listening to you, which right. is something that, you know, someone right. respects you should do. And I just, like, I have to say, I'm kind of not down with somebody who thinks that I should check in every 15 seconds if I happen to be having sex with somebody to make sure that, you know, my hand, you know, in the middle of their arm is okay, and then if I'm going to move it two inches up, that it's still okay. Like, I just, I, I really... I have a hard time, I mean, I have a hard time with that period because the whole consent activism thing kind of squicks me out, um, probably because I'm a female chauvinist, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like everybody could benefit from listening to other people more and mm-hmm. checking in with other people more about you yeah. know, how things are going. I mean, I think that that's a big problem in all kinds of relationships, that's not just really sexual relationships. Like, yep. you know, it's, everybody has that experience where they're kind of like, you know, like even if you're friends or something, and like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I kind of, I'm getting a feeling like Erica's having kind of a bad day or maybe she's sort of upset about this, you know, relatively minor thing that I did because I never do anything like that. Um, <laughs> No. You get you get feelings sometimes, sure, you're just, yeah. and you're just kind of like, oh, I should probably check in about that, but I'm really busy and I'm right, right. whatever, and you, and then you don't, and and you know, it's always a good thing to kind of check in and be like, hey, so I felt kind of weird about this, or right. or how are you doing? And that's that's good. That's all good. And I think that's good in sex, and it's good in friendships and work relationships and everything. Everything that's all that's yeah. good, but I. I guess it's the same sort of thing where I feel sometimes like the, like the, you know, the consent activists are certainly well-intentioned, but like they're kind of, they're, they're focusing so much on their own special issue that they're kind of ignoring the implications of that issue in the world around just their very narrow focus. And I guess that's sort of, this is so rambling, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of... I, I think that that sort of sums up what my current problem is with feminism, is I feel like... Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my experience of it, or a lot of people who 
I come into contact with who consider themselves really passionate feminists, I feel like their thinking is really inconsistent a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and I feel like part of the reason that I became a lawyer, and I think part of the reason that I became a... Um, that I, like, you know, did well in the LSAT and stuff like that is because I'm the kind of person that likes to follow things through to their logical conclusion. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily need to do that consciously, but right. it's something that, you know, like, and it drives some people crazy because I'm always just like, oh, well, yeah. logically it follows. <laughs> and it's not like I'm super smart, but it's just that's the way my brain works. I'm right. like, well, if you think this, then therefore this, then therefore this, then therefore... And I'm like, but if it and if it doesn't make sense somewhere down the line, then I tend to back that shit up and and, <laughs> and think about it. And I feel sometimes like that kind of thought is not always very welcome mm-hmm. in feminist discourse. Um, and and that's not to say that like you know every feminist is close-minded or weird about that kind of stuff. But I just kind of feel like, especially some of the big feminist outlets today, you know, like the big feminist blogs and things uh-huh. like that, that kind of thought really doesn't seem to be very welcome. And if you, you know, if you've, I've tried to comment a couple times on stories where, you know, um, like the Strauss-Kahn uh-huh. thing where people were like, this is horrible, he, he's a rapist and he was let go and they dropped the chart. I'm like, but, I mean... We haven't examined the evidence here. Yeah. Like, we don't know. We really, I mean, chances are that if there was enough evidence to hold this guy, they'd hold this guy. Yeah. But if there isn't enough evidence to hold this guy, really, do we want to be, Yeah, do we want you to know, be that country that right. holds people without charges? Right. And do we, we would want, never do that in America. Yeah, right. Ever. And, but, I mean, and do we want to be that country that does that to anybody other than people who are accused of sexual assault? Or yeah. are we only going to have this for... Right, right, people right. who are accused of sexual assaults and what about you know like what kind of sexual assaults like what is the standard where do we draw the line that feels like yeah. feels like a lot of times there is no there's no bright line there's no like well we believe in this and this guy may have done a terribly shitty thing and maybe he's getting away with it and that sucks but he's getting away with it because we value this principle of innocent until proven guilty and like proof beyond a reasonable doubt and that's bigger than that guy's particular thing, whatever he did. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. I mean... And thinking about all this makes me wonder, like, do I think like a guy? Is that my problem? Like, am I a chauvinist? And it really does make me wonder if I'm some kind of asshole. Or if there's... If I'm buying into some male thought paradigm or something like that. But... I don't know. I've been I've been really struggling with it. Well, I think our audience should get involved. If you think Jordan is a chauvinist, text five seven four two two to, and I'll be voted off the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be, the next round of voting will be for the next co-host. Right. And and you know and just you know by by way of a caveat to all that like. You know, if I've used examples of something that any of our listeners have done or anything like that, I, mm-hmm. I really don't mean anything personally. It's just kind of the convenient example that popped into my head. And sure. It's, you know, it's really... And even if I disagree with any of our listeners on their feminist po- politics or beliefs or anything like that, like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know... It does not mean that I think they're 
lesser people or anything like that. So I just wanted to say that just in case. Yeah. Just in case anybody's like, she just talked about something that I posted on her Facebook. And I'm like, you know, it was just a convenient example. (laughs) I am the asshole. (laughs) So, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. So all that was like a really, really long ranty, um, confessional, like barf my guts out um, <laughs> introduction. I'm about to barf my guts out. To, don't barf your guts out. I'll try. Um, so a couple weeks ago when we posted our most recent episode yes. uh, on our blog, we got a comment that generated some controversy, uh, even though I have no doubt that it was absolutely not meant to generate controversy. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so a male listener, um, yes. I, I think it's a new, newish male right. listener. And we do have male listeners, which yes. I think it's pretty great. Shout out to all the fellas. Yep. Um, now accepting resumes, just a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> references. Right. Gotta have references. Right. Um, but so somebody somebody commented on our on our latest episode, and I think it was it was very brief. It said something like, you know, great work, girls. great work, girls. Yeah, and um, and it was nice. It was meant in the kindest of spirits. It was yeah. I mean, and I appreciate that. Right. And so so you read it and you had feelings about it. I um I don't know. It felt. It felt minorly dismissive to me. I mean, it's obviously like nothing I lost sleep over. Right. I was kind of like, I had to come girls. in and console you in the yeah. office. You're crying and today. Yeah, it was like my <laughs> sobbing was like disturbing <laughs> meetings that were going on. <laughs> um, no, but it felt, you know, it, it felt like you know, like a digital version of like a pat on the head kind right. of, where it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like horrible or, you know, violative. Is that a word? Violative? I think so. Violating? It wasn't, you know, it it wasn't that. Right. You know, um, I was not traumatized by it, but I was a little, I I did feel kind of like, come on, I'm 31. Right. I'm going to be 32 in like a month. Right. I'm not a girl. I've been menstruating more than half my life. So, I mean, and then, so I saw you, you posted so, something like that. I thought, oh, I, th- I, I said something about it. I said, someone, it, was, it was pretty mild. Yeah, I said, oh, that's yeah. kind of ironic. You right. know, it's like, you know, we're a self-described feminist vegan podcast. Right. And, you know, for someone to say, like, good work, girls. It just, you know, it made me feel like Charlie's Angels. That's what it made me, like, right, right. like the voice over the intercom, like, great work, girls. Thanks, Charlie. Right. I wonder if the guy's name was Charlie. I don't even remember his name. That'd I think be it hilarious was. if it was. The guy on the yeah, it, was, it, it totally was, was Charlie. He was Charlie. He's Charlie. Right. But where's uh, what's the, what was the other guy's name? Bosley. Bosley. I'm like right. Boscom. Bowser. Boscom. What? Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Super Mario Charlie's Angels. Yeah. <laughs> Super Mario's Angels. Right. Right. Now that's. All right, note to self. Right. Let's write up, let's work on a script after we record this uh, episode. But anyway, I mean, again, and I'm, if, if the uh, lever of the comment, if Charlie is listening right now, that's your name from now on, by the way, if it's not already. Um, if Charlie is listening, you know, we definitely appreciate um, your, your listenership and we love you. Right. Well, the- um, uh, it, just, it was just 
a little funny. Right. I, and, it was you know, funny more than anything. It, well, it was funny to you. Laundry. And to, <laughs> me, I, to me, it was kind of a non-issue. And then to some other commenters, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it was funny because, you know, you, you posted, and that kind of made me think, like, you know, oh, hmm, you know, because it, it, it totally, it didn't phase me at all. And maybe, and then I thought about it later, and I was like, you know, um, like normally I just don't like kind of unsubstantive comments. So I'm like, if you're going to comment, like say something, you know, like don't just be like, this was great. It, like, <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Cause then it, well, I always feel like that kind of stuff is just kind of like trolling for like people to click on you, like to get okay. people to like go back to your blog because they're like, oh, oh I who's never this person? That. I know. I don't I'm a self-centered that. asshole. But some people do. Um, nice ploy jerks. But, but then I was like, but I'm pretty sure I know who that person is. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they were at Vita Vegan. And I'm pretty sure that they were there at the uh, Opinionated Bloggers panel where Laura uh, talked about uh-huh. um, leaving positive comments. Oh, cool. And so I was like, well, that's probably what he was doing. Oh, God. And now we're like total assholes because well, no, like, no. I'm, I'm complaining about no, it. I'm no. a total asshole. You're not a total asshole. I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I would hope that he is listening to this and not feeling like attacked or anything like that because that's not what it is at all. It's just, um, but it made, but then it made me think, you know, um, like a, a friend of ours reacted to your post on Facebook with a lot of anger yes, and said that she it did. was, you know, infantilizing <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I really don't agree with that because I, I call dudes who are in their 50s boys. I mean, I, I really, well, I mean, not, I just, you know, it just kind of depends on the, the context, I guess. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't like go out of my way and be like, "You're a boy." I mean, if I want to call right. someone an asshole or a child, I'll call yeah. them an asshole or a child. Right. Right. I don't need to hide it behind like some kind of ambiguous language. But um, but I was like, okay, but let's look at the bigger picture here. You're really angry that this guy referred to us as girls. Something that you are like, sort of like, like a tiny little bit like. I don't know, like, I can't even think of a mild enough word, but, yeah, like, not troubled or, like, perturbed, but just, like, yeah. you know, a very mild, mild I noticed it, and I was like, huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, and I don't I was kind of, huh, by it. But, I mean, so this guy referred to this thing, and then, and then somebody else gets mad, and I'm like, okay, so even if what he did was kind of a feminist no-no, right. um, he's still listening to... Good it. work, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would totally be down with that, but... That would um, make me laugh. I, that would make my day. <laughs> but I was like, so this guy, you know, there's a guy listening to a feminist podcast, and isn't that kind of the bigger victory here? Totally. You know, like yeah, that, that, we've, totally. that we're doing like a feminist podcast that men are listening to, and yeah. I'm like, you know, yelling at people for infantilizing women by like what I'm pretty sure was probably just like an unfortunate slip of the tongue. Totally. Is not going Slip to make the keyboard. Right, right. Yeah. No, he types with his tongue, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you did meet him, so. That's true. Um, you know, it's like, so is that going to make more dudes want to listen to feminist podcasts and expose them to the more important ideas rather true. than just like using the term women with a Y as opposed to girls or. Just for the record, my, my preferred alternative to girls is ladies. Right. Spelled with a Z. Which, yeah. excellent. Uh huh. But you know, some people have a big problem with that term. Why? I don't know, but I know people do, and it's so like I, I kind of sympathize because it's like, 
sometimes it feels like you can't win with some people. You <laughs> true, know, true. whether and and so you know, it kind of you kind of have to think about what do you want to do? Do you want them to listen to you and be exposed to your point of view, mm-hmm. or do you want to like flame them because they got the nomenclature wrong? Yeah, or do and, you want to rename the town of Rodeo in California because it's offensive to right. animal lovers? Right. Right. <laughs> Oh dear. It's no dildo Nova Scotia, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> dildo. Oh my. Yeah, so I don't know, I mean I guess I guess that's my those are my thoughts. Like I'm, it seems like we mostly just kind of agree. Yeah. On that kind of I mean when it comes to language, I tend to care less than a lot of people because uh-huh. I'm a very big proponent of language has as much power as you give it, and sure. so I don't give it very much. <laughs> so it certainly doesn't have very much coming out of me, but <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I totally recognize people's right to feel however they feel about this kind of yeah, stuff. Totally. But I mean, I, I just... I think it's a good thing to think about the bigger picture sometimes, again. Yeah, totally. Big picture. Cosmopolitan Hour, we're all about the big picture. Yeah, drawing a big square with my fingers right now. Right. I think you should draw bigger. This is a big... <laughs> this is bigger than the table. Yeah. It's a fucking huge picture right now. Yeah. I need help hanging pictures in my new apartment, by the way. Now accepting applications. <laughs> No, no, I mean like for artistically eyed people oh. to go through and be like, that should go there, and this should go over here. Well, we can still accept applications for that. They don't True. Just, they don't just sleep with you. They can just come yeah. in and give you their artistic opinion and then leave. Totally. Totally. And maybe like buy me a sandwich too. Right. I'm down with that. Right. Cool. So, um, what on, on the list? What on the menu looks your, good? Your mind, your eye. Um, well... I'm, I, most of these I don't really know what they are, so, oh. <laughs> um, so I will, I will go with, uh, with Bart Crush. What is, what is Bart Crush? Um, I have a Bart Crush. Do tell. And, um, it's actually a lady. Yeah, scandalous. Scandalous. I know. But, um, I used to see her all the time in my Bart station, um, <clears throat> and she's this really sexy black lady who's probably the same age as us, probably like late 20s, early 30s. She always wears these super high heels and she's got this like really cool raincoat that she always has the collar turned up. And she's got this great haircut. It's like shaved all along the bottom and like then it's kind of like two or three inches long on the top and she always like curls it or does it in like a big like like frosty cone sweep or something. (laughs) And she's bleached it so it's kind of like orangey looking. Uh And so she looks kind of like my favorite singer Ellie Jackson from LaRue who I totally want to bang. Because I'm classy like that. Like I said, I prefer to be called a lady. Um, and uh, and she's always got like pretty lipstick on and everything. And she always looks like like really pissed off, like you like she'd fucking cut you if right. you got close to her. And so I was really put off. And then I was like, well, that's probably how I look every morning in the Bart Station. Now that I think about it, so maybe she and I could be buds. I don't know. So when I moved, I was like, oh, I don't get to see my Bart crush again. But, you know, I mean, unless I saw her when she gets on BART and then she gets off at the same station I do, so sometimes I get to see her leaving too. And I'm like, you're my crush. Um, so I was a little sad when I moved. I was like, oh, I don't get to wait at the station with my crush anymore. 
and yesterday, my first day commuting to work from my new BART station, I got to the station and my BART crush was totally there. And I was like, oh my god, it's her! Yeah, so that's that's my BART crush. It's that's a sign. It. It's, yeah, you it's a short married. story, but there it is. Totally. That was She's a good following story. following me because she cannot resist me. That wouldn't be all that surprising. <laughs> So Bart does that to people. It's true. It inflames the loins. It must be the uh, antibacterial resistant E. coli that's in the seed upholstery. Fun fact. Yeah. Come visit San Francisco. Get staff from our, uh, <laughs> our public transportation. Oh my god. That, yes. would, be, that would be an amazing... Um, that'd be amazing, an amazing like Mythbusters episode. Uh-huh. If they did like... I don't know. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be all that interesting to the rest of the country, but like if they could do like Bay Area myths, uh-huh. and like maybe one of them they could like test Bart upholstery, like take samples. No, they've done tests. Oh, have they? Yeah, that's. I, I wasn't bullshitting. There oh, is for real. There is. <laughs> there is literally antibacterial resistant E. coli oh. from from feces, specifically from feces in the Bart upholstery. <laughs> Along with, I think there were like two or three other like horrifying things, but you know, obviously the antibacterial resistant, antibiotic resistant E. coli was enough. Right. Enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to process an additional two, you right. know, things right. that could kill me every time I plant my ass, my ass bones, Your on, ass bones. on a bark cushion. <laughs> oh dear. Bart. Yeah, the other day I was like about to sit down and I was like, whoa, and I, luckily there was like a shopping bag right on the ground and I had to like grab the shopping bag and stick it under my butt because there was what looked like puke, oh. but could have been semen oh. on the seat. And it was like a window seat and the guy had already gotten up and I would like committed to sitting down. I was like halfway down already and I was like, oh, oh, I can't stop now. Oh, grocery bag. Okay, we're good. That's, that's some very yeah. good like big city living. Totally, right yeah. But I, I couldn't think about it too much because I was just like, don't think about what's underneath this oh paper my bag. God. Don't think about it. Just listen to your iPod. Oh my God. You're a braver woman than I. <laughs> I would have just been like, yep, I'm going to stand. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was already kind of committed to it. And I was like, oh, oh God. No, I got to do this. It's too late. I'm just grateful there was a shopping bag there. Mm. <laughs> so what other Bay Area myths are there? Um, we have there any? is a myth that, I mean, maybe this isn't strictly the Bay Area, I guess it's the North Bay, but there's a town in Sonoma County, which is north of San Francisco, called Rohnert Park, uh-huh. and um, it's a prefab town, it was built entirely in the 60s, and it was part of, um, it was completely pre-planned by this uh, urban architect in response to the Watts riots. Right. So it was one of three experimental communities in California that were specifically designed to quell um, civil uprisings. So, um, so if you go to Roner Park, and inter- interestingly, I don't remember the names of the other two towns, but apparently they're both like crime-ridden hellholes now. But Roner Park um, is not crime-ridden. No, one out of two ain't bad. That's good. Um, <clears throat> so it's uh, it's laid out. There's no central downtown area. All the streets are like. Sorry, I just spit in your face. Um, all the streets are like slightly winding. They're not like level, so that you know you can't 
see long distances. Right. There's no gathering spot. Um, the town is divided up into sections um, uh, named after letters of the alphabet. So like in the M section, all the street names will begin with M. So it'll be like Mabel Street, Maple Street, Mary Street, you know, I don't know. Um, so each section has its own mini mall. Mm -hmm. So like the M section will have a Safeway and a, you know, Photo Express and a donut shop. And then, you know, the L section will have a roller skating rink and, you know, a Hooters and what have you. Yeah. Um, and then on, all along the outskirts of Roanoke Park are like all the big box chain stores. And they, you know, whenever they want to open in the North Bay, they go to Roanoke Park. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, Target, Walmart, Petco, yeah, blah, 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 you know, everything. Right. Everything you can think of. Um, so, um, as a result, Roanoke Park is very ugly, very undesirable, not a fun place to be. Um, it is not, it is not descended into crime and, uh, it's not crumbling down. It's not decrepit, but, um, it is locally known as, uh, rodent puke. That's nice. Yeah. And so there's a sign that looks like it's original to when the city was built because it's very 60s. There's a big sign you can see right on the, the Highway 101 that uh -huh. says, Rohnert Park, the friendly city. And um, there's a local urban legend that there was a dude that hanged himself from that sign. And that there's a photo of the Rohnert Park, the friendly city sign with a guy, with a guy hanging hey. from it in a noose. Um, and there was some, there was some local punk band that put it on some seven inch. Um, at least that's what I've heard. But I've never seen it myself, and I, I would kill for that. Like they should make that a postcard. That should be the official postcard of Roner Park. Excuse me, rodent puke. Well, I, that sounds. I don't really want to say awesome, but. It's interesting. Yeah, there's lots of like urban legends in the town where I grew up. Like, you know, the girl that put a sheet of acid in her sock to keep for her boyfriend and then absorbed it all and went crazy. Um, that would be a good one to see the Mythbusters do. Yeah, totally. Well, she lives downtown in the residential hotel, so. Oh. That's just, that's one of the theories on how she went crazy. Another involved seeing her best friend beheaded in a car crash. Um, so I guess the Mythbusters would be more about why she's crazy, right. which would probably be something, you know, rather pedestrian, like or, schizophrenia. Or whether, uh, you know, putting an entire sheet of acid in your sock can make you crazy. Yeah. I'd like to see that one busted. They, they've done, I've, one of their more entertaining episodes is when they've taken on alcohol myths. Nice. So they've taken on like beer goggles. Uh-huh. So, which basically involves the two hosts um, going to, actually three, they, they got, um, there's like the two main hosts and then uh -huh. they have their the three kind of like interny kind of people right. who are also sort of hosts. I caught a marathon right. last Thanksgiving. Okay. I'm okay. up to speed. Right, right. So so it was it was Adam and Jamie and then Carrie, who uh -huh. is the, the woman who's uh -huh. on the, the build team or whatever. Um and uh, they all go to a San Francisco bar. Nice. And they've prepared like or somebody else has prepared like a slideshow basically of with pictures of people's faces. Uh-huh. And they are, you know, they're all heterosexual, so they get them to basically rate them on a one to ten scale uh -huh. of attractiveness, like, you know, before they've had anything to drink, and then I think after they've had one and a half beers, and then I think after they've had like three or four beers or something like that. And, then, and they found that um, 
I think I think they found that it it varied with each person, but it was a very entertaining watch because I bet. you saw them getting kind of drunk. Nice. <laughs> I find For that, that same reason I highly recommend Drunk History on YouTube. Oh yes, Drunk History is great. Yeah, I love that. The Nikolai Tesla episode is the best. Oh, where John C. Riley is like falling. He's like dying in his bed in love with a pigeon, and he's going, "This is hell. I'm in hell right now." You know, be awesome. <laughs> We should, we should film like a similar version called Drunk Law. We could get people in our office <laughs> totally to be like, okay, explain the Fourth Amendment. That, oh my god, <laughs> we should totally fucking should. That'd be hilarious. Explain how the Compassionate Use Act works. <laughs> um, so, speaking of compassionate use, yes. that was another thing on my list here. Okay. Um, we should talk about that article, that, that news article. Oh, yes. Um, such bullshit. I mean, Take, talk, this is from the files of biting the hands that feed you. Yeah. Um, a Papa John's pizza delivery guy. Well, let me go. Let me let me tell the whole story. Yes. So this there's this go guy. Ahead. Lay it down. I forget for us. where this was. Do you remember where it was? It was in Colorado somewhere, but I don't okay. remember where. Well, obviously we're somewhere in a state that allows medicinal marijuana. So right. this dude, you know, normal dude, hanging out at home with his family. Um, you know, weekend, he doesn't fancy the idea of cooking. Right. So he um, goes online to Papa John's and orders a pizza. I didn't know you could order a pizza online, oh, which yeah. is incredible. Welcome um, to the future. Yeah. Prepaid his tip for the delivery guy. I mean, they didn't say how much it was in the article, but considering he prepaid the tip, that's it's a leap of faith considering how bad he got screwed. Right. And he probably... Well, he didn't get badly screwed, but, you know, if he Yeah. If so, that had happened to me and I hadn't prepaid a tip, I would not leave a tip. Yeah. Right. Well, you would have tipped, but then it would have happened right. later. I would have asked for it back, I think. <laughs> Seriously, I probably would have. He should ask for it back, too. He should write a letter and just kind of be like, yeah, you know. I want my tip. I want I, my $4 back. I want back. my $4 back, yeah. <laughs> He'll be like the kid in Better Off Dead, but, you know, upgraded for inflation. Right. I want my $4. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Normal dude goes to, you know, he orders a pizza online, prepays the tip. Yeah. Um, goes upstairs. Uh, I think he did something. He has a daughter. I think he set her up in the bathtub or set her up in a, an Xbox or something. Right. Um, went downstairs, watched a little TV, smoked a bowl. He has a med medical marijuana card. Uh-huh. Medicated himself. Five minutes later, the doorbell rings. It's the, the pizza dude. So he opens the door. The pizza guy, you know, delivers. Nothing says nothing, slinks off like a coward and calls the cops because someone is smoking marijuana in a house with children. So the cops show up, ask the guy, he says, yeah, I'm a medical marijuana patient, gives them his card, they go and verify it. Five minutes later, they're like, sorry to have bothered you and drive off. That's so really nice of the Colorado police. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't seem to happen all that often here in California. No. But, um, but we digress. Yeah, credit, hats off to them. Um, but seriously, like, do you seriously get paid enough as a Papa John's pizza delivery guy to give a shit about what people do right. in the privacy of their own goddamn home? Right, and what, like... I mean, was he abusing his child? No, he was medicating for a medical condition while his right. child was upstairs completely safe. Right, and would, they, would the guy have cared if the guy had, like, a beer in his hand? No. No. Or been like visibly drunk? Probably right. not. Probably, yeah, still probably not. Mind your own. Mind right. your own damn. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you have. 
I think it's pretty clear when kids are being yeah mistreated, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not, like, trusting a kid to their own devices to, like, take their own bath or something like that, right. or play Xbox or whatever. Like, yeah. if they're old enough to do that, then they're old enough to, yeah. like... I'm assuming this was, like, a seven... I think it was, like, a seven or eight-year-old kid. She right. can take a bath by herself. Right. It's not like he drew a bath for the one-year-old and plopped her right. in there right. and walked off to smoke a bowl. If you could hear a baby screaming and sputtering, <laughs> then, okay, maybe. Maybe I could see what that is. <laughs> you can put the bong down long right. enough. Right. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah. That, I think that was shocking to everyone, you know, mostly because it was the pizza delivery guy. It's like, dude... I know. Zaw drivers, they're brethren, man. They're brethren with the stoners. Well, you don't you break just, that sacred bond. And you just kind of think, like, I don't know. If you're, like, where, where do you get off putting yourself on a high horse? Totally. As like, you know, pizza delivery is good, honest work and everything like that. Yeah. But I don't think it really necessarily gives you're not you, a like, cop. a moral high ground to go yeah. reporting people to the police. Totally. You know. Uh, at yeah. least not over marijuana use. Right. I mean, maybe if they answered okay. the door and they were covered in blood and had a chainsaw, that, you know, you then, okay. could call the okay, cops. Okay, fine, fine, yes. Call yeah. the cops. But yeah. concede that. Right. We're but I mean, absent, absent real, real evidence of, like, a real problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other, um assumption about medical marijuana users that was pissing me off this week was um, uh, again for work I was reading through a police report about a, um, <clears throat> a medical marijuana dispensary that got raided and so one of the officers was writing about his undercover trip to the dispensary right but the thing that pissed me off about this report was um, the officer said something about how you know when he entered the back room where all the medi- the medicine was, and he said, I saw several healthy-looking white males standing. Like, he put that term, healthy-looking. Healthy-looking? And it, it struck me as odd. Like, I, you know, I kept going back to it, like, why would he put that in there? And then it, like, hit me, like, he's making a judgment call based right. on their looks about whether or not they're qualified to be there. Right. And I got so pissed. Well, I mean, which is ridiculous, because... <clears throat> A lot of the things that people take medical marijuana for are not things that affect your physical appearance, yeah. like anxiety or insomnia yeah. or, you know, chronic pain. Well, a, lot or of, a lot of illnesses in general, a lot of true. things you take any kind of medicine true. for are not readily visible or apparent true. to, you know, the layperson or right. to a police officer, you right. know? Right. It's like you don't have to be, like, bald from chemo in order to smoke a joint without, you know, without you know, people judging you. Right. That's bullshit. Yeah, I think that that's, like, unfortunately, I think that that's what a lot of people think of when they think of medical marijuana patients. So, yeah. you know, it's like the AIDS patients and the chemo patients. It's like, yes, it can do great things for them. And yes. hopefully they all have access and yes. everything else. But, I mean, it can also do great things for people with anxiety, people with, you know, insomnia. Pain. People with chronic pain. People with, like, back conditions. Or people who have seizures. Like, people, yes. People who even have glaucoma. People who have asthma, even. People who have asthma. Though they can't smoke it, they have to eat it or vaporize, vaporize it. it or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's... It's just not very surprising, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Depressingly enough, after reading all yeah. of this. It just, I don't know, it, it bothered me because, I mean, 
I think for me, like in my lifetime, most of my most serious medical problems have been invisible ones. Right. And I think there's enough of a stigma around that sort of thing to begin with. Right. That, you know, for, you know, for people who have found, you know, uh, an alternative medicine that works for them, and one that's kind of a hotly contested issue right now, to right. have it, you know, to have their the benefit of that medicine for them dismissed because they appear to be healthy by somebody that has no fucking idea who they are or has right. no medical training and has, you know, right. never seen them before in their lives. It's just so... Uh, anyway. I think it's just but, really, I think it's really <laughs> typical of like that fucking arrogance that cops have where it's yeah. kind of like, well, I, I know because I can tell by looking and it's like, yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. Like, the reason you think you know is because you're incapable of admitting that you, that you might be ignorant of something. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. It's amazing how often that kind of stuff pops up where, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I read a lot of arrest reports and an awful lot of them say things like, you know, the... It's, it's always, like, really sly, kind of glib little things right. like that where it's just kind of like... You know, Mr. Russell claimed to be a medical marijuana patient, but I, you know, seemed fine to me or whatever. <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares what you think? Yeah. I mean, why on earth would your opinion as a cop overrule that person's doctor's opinion? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, you know, likewise, I wouldn't go to my doctor and ask them to tell me whether or not I'm breaking the law if right. I, you know. Right. If I peel out at a red light, for example. You wouldn't call a doctor if, you know, you thought someone was breaking into your home. No, I wouldn't. Unless it was Dr. Shotgun. (laughs) But then you wouldn't call a doctor. (laughs) What's the opposite? Like, what repels doctors? Like, what's a doctor's nemesis? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Like a cigarette manufacturer? A malpractice lawyer. <laughs> anyway, uh, and moving on from judging people based on their appearance to judging people based on their appearance. Yes. Yeah, so the fuck? forks over knives. Yeah. So I mean, I have to say I'm pretty skeptical of the whole health vegan crowd. I mean, and not not like I'm skeptical of people of anybody who's vegan for health reasons. Mm-hmm. I think that being vegan for health reasons is totally great. But when I say the whole, like, health vegan crowd, I mean kind of that, like, weird, like, Chris Carr, like, you can cure cancer with vegan, right. like, you know, really kind of specious health claims and, like, weird over-the-top shit. I'm I'm very suspicious of that, and I feel like Forks Over Knives kind of falls into that, where I'm like, yeah, it's great to, like, tell people that eating better can have, like, a positive effect on their health, but, like, it's not going to cure their cancer yeah. or, like keep them from getting cancer or yeah. like you know it's not a cure-all it's not like a miracle yeah. it's like it's a healthy it thing it doesn't benefit can, anybody yeah. to perpetuate that kind of bullshit yeah exactly and it's yeah it's not it's not healthy to do that so anyway so forks over knives kind of falls into that for me but so they posted on their facebook page or something like that yeah. a cartoon that i had actually seen before and i don't know where it was from exactly uh-huh um the cartoon depicts um like just like really poorly drawn. Like it's like MS Paint. Yeah. Done like, by someone with a stroke. Right. Yeah. Like really bad. Um, it's like a picture of like three like really overweight like uh-huh. you know gross looking people, 
all um, of whom have like food, like the little boy has a chicken drumstick, right. and I think the dude has an ice cream cone or something. And they are looking at three like, you know, skinny, healthy looking people, yeah. and one of the horrible, disgusting, shouldn't and even the, be alive, the, fat No, people. the skinny people have like a, you know, like vegan, and oh, right, no yeah, meat on right. their shirt, stuff like that. Right. So they're 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 vegan. Yes. And one of the one of the horrible fat people that are just so horrible says to the, one of the says to the skinny people, "Where do you get your protein?" <laughs> and that's the joke. That's the whole thing. So I guess the joke is that people who eat meat are fat, and that <laughs> that's hilarious. Wait, what? And then it's funny because they're fat, so they shouldn't ever ask any questions of vegans because they're fat. Yeah. Fat, in, fatty, in addition, fat, fattersons. In addition, <laughs> I think that's the punchline. <laughs> I think you just about summed it up. Yeah, in addition to being um, kind of ignorant and hateful and really poorly drawn, it just didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, like it wasn't funny. Like they're fat because they eat protein or they're... I, it's like, they're the irony is that they are fat and they think they vegans are think unhealthy. Vegans are unhealthy? Like I guess it's not really funny. Haha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just it's one of those things that makes vegans look yeah. like assholes again. And it reminded me of a cartoon that was on the vegan mainstream website not so long ago. Right. Um, but I can't remember it exactly, but it was something very similar. Yeah, like, they had some kind of fat very fat fat stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I don't know. It's it's just so stupid. It is very stupid because it's you know. It, first of all, it's it's a tactic based on shaming people about right. their physical appearance, right. which you know, let's face it, is something that never ends well. Right. I mean. There are people that should be healthier, sure. But yeah. there are some people who are fat and are healthy. Right. Fucking deal with it. Right. And they're, you know... And if somebody... Any, any campaign against obesity, quote-unquote obesity, should be handled from a health point of view and never from, like, an appearance point of view. Right. Because that's... Right. That's bullshit. That plays on people's insecurities and it plays on the most flippant of reasons to lose weight. Right. You know, rather than, like you know, be healthy and, right. you know, health at any size. Right. And, you know, like, another reason these cartoons are stupid is because, hey, there are fat vegans. Right. Um, plenty of them. Yes. And plenty of awesome, healthy fat vegans. There are some people who are just fat, whether they're vegan or not. There's right. some people who are fucking skinny and eat ribeye steaks every day. Right. Being vegan doesn't automatically make you skinny, and being skinny doesn't automatically make you vegan. And it's, you know... I, I can't emphasize enough that we need to fucking drop this bullshit right. mentality. Otherwise, you know, we're going to alienate people and, you know, it's impeding the success of, of animal rights. And I said it and I stand by it. And there. Bam. Judge Judy has spoken. That's right. I think, the, like, and I, I agree with everything that you said. And I think it also, in addition to all that, I think it really prevents meaningful dialogue. Like, yes. You know, I think that there, honestly, I feel like there should be more dialogue around, you know, weight and health and stuff like that. I totally believe in health at, every, at any size, but at the same time, I feel like just being like, health at any size, 
and holding that up as like kind of a thing like oh right. well of course I'm healthy because you can be healthy at any size even if you're not necessarily healthy like right you know I don't think that's a good thing I don't right. think that's healthy but um, and I mean that for somebody who is any size right um, but um, like the really skinny guy I went to college with who was a French fry and carrots vegan right right but he let his dad buy him an SUV with leather upholstery no problem that's nice yeah that was really generous of him. He got a um, Darth Vader tattoo on his calf that looked like poo. It was all brown. So it sounds like maybe he kind of got what... Uh, Pete, you got ripped off, bro. Yeah. Well. But yeah, I, I just, I guess I, to bring this episode full circle, <laughs> something that bothers me general, in general about all people is a lack of willingness to think pragmatically, mm-hmm. I guess. And that is whether you are a feminist or a vegan or a cult member. I mean, like if you have something that you believe in and you want other people to think about it or believe it too, you need to think not just about what you think inside about it and how you feel inside about it. Yes. But like you need to think about the bigger picture and how the way that you talk about it yeah. affects people and yeah. how that makes people feel about what it is that you are wanting to maybe either convert people to or get yeah. people to think about or yeah. whatever and uh, you know things like raging against people who make innocent mistakes or yeah. you know or playing on people's fucking shittiest fat hating like impulses or uh-huh you know anything like that I mean it's not it's not gonna help your it's not gonna help your movement yeah and if that's what you're serious about if what you really want is like a feminist world or a vegan world or a you know whatever kind of world it is that you want you need to seriously check your own yeah shit at the door if that's what you're if that's seriously what you want word 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 to your mother check your shit at the door Is, is this this episode's slogan. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's that's absolutely correct. 100%. And I mean, and it's not like anybody can ever be perfect at that either. I mean, yeah. everybody has their own axes to grind, and I totally get that. Yeah. But it's something to strive for, I think. Yeah, totally. I just, you know, at, at the most basic level, I I just really fail to see how making certain people feel bad about themselves will promote your beliefs in any way. Right. Like, how is that, how is that constructive, no matter what you're doing, you know, no matter, you know, whether you're trying to get people to to come to your chiropractor business or, you know, trying to get people to go vegan. It's like, making people feel shitty about themselves is not going to make them, like, I mean, sometimes it makes them come running to you for the cure, but it's, you know, in general, it it tends to turn people's ears off. And maybe it'll make them come running to you for the short term, but will it make them stick around for the long term? No. No. Yeah. And I mean, it's... Right. And I understand that it's kind of a... When you feel strongly about something, it's hard not to get angry. You know, it's hard not to be, it's hard not to look around and see all the injustices and all the violations of your own personal belief system. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes it really hard sometimes to, to think more pragmatically or to, you know, and then you feel like you're being put upon, like, oh, well, why is it my job to educate these people? They're the ones that are doing, that are doing wrong and everything else. I get it. But it 
comes right down to it. It's like you're either going to do it and convert somebody or get somebody to feel more sympathetic to your cause or you're going to satisfy yourself yeah. and get mad yeah. and probably turn them off. Yeah. And it's just like it's kind of it, – it is unfair. Yeah. It, it is unfair. You shouldn't – you know, everybody should be born – Perfectly feminist, vegan, non-racist, <laughs> non-homophobic. That would be great. But they Agreed. aren't. And the world isn't fair. And that's, you know... Tough shit. It's kid. just kind of... It's it's something that you just sort of have to sign up for if you're going to be an activist. Yeah. And it it's a pain in the ass. But mm-hmm. nobody ever said that the things that are worth doing should be easy. So That's right. Whatever. Actually, someone did say that. Who? Hitler. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> so there you go. Don't be like Hitler. Is the, uh, that's right. That's the episode. Or that's the moral of this episode. Indeed. And with that, I think I think we are, are just we about done? dead <laughs> on an hour right here. Nice. So um, should I cram in a quick dick starter? Oh, oh do you have see, one? Yeah. See how I did that? Yes. Yeah. I, I researched. I'm so diligent. You um, remembered where I forgot. <laughs> well, it was my turn this week anyway. Okay. So, um, I kind of, I had our time. I did searches for vegan, couldn't find anything really worth, you know, bitching about. Uh-huh. And um, so I kind of springboarded off the last one we did, which was travel related. Right. And I have another entitled person who would like people to pay for his travel project. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> he's going to... Um, travel the Tokaido in Japan, which is apparently an old traveler's path, uh-huh. and there are like traveler's lodges in towns that are evenly spaced along this path, Okay. and so he's going to take this cultural experience where for 53 days every night he'll stay in one of these little traveler's hostels or whatever, I don't know. Yes. Um, so of course... Um, you know, because it doesn't exist unless you document it. He's going to be taking a documentary film crew. Oh, of course. Um, so he would like to raise, oh God, how much is it? $7,000. He'd like to raise $7,000 to pay his cameraman. Well, yeah. He's going to be working when he's in Japan. He's going to have like a job in each town lined up. So he's going to like teach English in one place or, you know, do, I don't know, carpentry or some shit. I don't know. Um, yeah. The money I earn through Kickstarter is all going straight to my camera crew. The money I is, earn through Kickstarter? Yeah, good choice of words yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice that he's paying his crew, but really, yes. do you need to take your demand for a crew to Kickstarter? I mean, I seem to understand that a lot of really successful documentary filmmakers do it by their fucking selves. And $7,000, isn't that like more than the budget of the Blair Witch Project? Probably. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Probably. Um, yeah, he's and he's saying that he can only afford to pay the cameraman $100 a day, which includes, you know, all his lodging and food and stuff. So it's really like, you know, he's kind of screwing this guy. Right. So he really needs our money to help out. Well, it's probably like his buddy. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, the dude gets a trip to Japan out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. So this guy gets his vacation. Yeah, I just can't understand, like, why he can't just buy a fucking camcorder with his money. And go. And go. I, yeah. Well, but, um, 
I think a lot was explained. It didn't get printed out because I didn't want to print out, you know, the 2,000 pages of comments. Right. Um, <clears throat> you don't see it so much in this photo, but um, in the About Me section, he has a professional caliber headshot, uh -huh. and he is a model, actor, and skincare specialist in Los Angeles. So, uh, right there, um, this so guy is basically funding his br big break. So, of course, he is qualified yeah. to undertake this Japanese <clears throat> cultural experience because he's obviously been studying yeah. Japanese culture. No, he has, actually. That's the other thing about his uh, his thing, is that he's kind of a, a white head tie. Oh. He's a, or, no, hentai's pervert. Well, he's kind of a hentai, too. But, okay. Um, what's the other one? Nerd, otaku. He's kind of a little otaku, like... Um, uh, I was inspired to make this trip by one of my favorite Japanese artists, Ando Hiroshige. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, he says, um, let's see. Oh shit, well he said he's been studying Japanese. Okay. And Okay, so at least he'll he, sort of know the language. But it's not like, I'm preparing for this trip. It's like, I'm obsessed with Japan, right. so I'm going to go to Japan, and I want you to pay for my documentary film crew to right. film me like having the time of my life in Japan. Right. And my nickname is Japanese because all my friends in America think I'm so obsessed with Japan, you know. Ugh. Yeah. It's kind of gross. It's totally gross. So, well, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. They're... Oh, so it's about to end. So he's not going to get his money. He only has $890 so far. Well, um, sorry, buddy, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't really deserve it. Yeah, sorry. You true. didn't sell it. Um, yeah, if you pledge at least $50, you get a copy of the full-length DVD and a signed personalized postcard from the final station of the Nihon Bashi. Um, Custom-printed t-shirts. I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of all the same stuff that, that we said about the last one, which is like... If you're so fucking passionate about it, save up some of your skincare specialist money and do it yourself. Fucking A, right? Yeah. DIY Jesus. or die. That's right. Anyway, that's our entitled asshole of the week. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What's his name? Paul. Who is this? We'll just give Noah. his first name. Noah. Okay. Noah. Noah. A.K.A. Japanese. A.K.A. <laughs> I, don't re I don't remember what his, his Japanese name was. Oh, you mean they didn't, they didn't call him Japanese? No, no, no. He had, like, a Japanese nickname. That's funny, because like, I thought know, that was, like, Hero or something like that. I see. You know. Junichi or whatever. <laughs> Junichiro. So, yeah, uh, Noah, a.k.a. Akira. There you go. Fund your own goddamn project. Yeah. And with that, I declare this Kickstarter case closed. Dickstarter. Dickstarter. Unfunded. <laughs> Unfunded. <laughs> Unfunded. Awesome. I want to put in the, the sound effect from Law and Order. Yes, you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Okay. That and um, I also learned that Uggs are made out of dog fur today. Oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Don't I buy mean, Uggs. I mean, it, none of our listeners would buy Uggs anyways, now. or the ugly imitation yeah. Uggs, but definitely don't buy them now. Yeah. All right. The end. The end. Um, you can send us emails and resumes to the Cosmopolitan Hour at gmail.com. And headshots. And what? Headshots. Oh, headshots, yeah, yeah. Um, For Erica. Yeah, totally. I was going to make a crude joke, but I declined because I'm a lady. Um, or a girl. <laughs> or a woman. And uh, Jordan has been tweeting 
So yeah. you should follow at the Cosmo Hour Pod. Yep. It's very exciting that you've been tweeting. Yes. Well, I figured out how to do it on my phone, which means that when That's I'm bored, true. I can Excellent. tweet. <laughs> so every time you get a tweet from the Cosmopolitan Hour, Jordan is bored. Yep, pretty much. So you better not be tweeting while we're hanging out. I'm just saying. <laughs> Shoo shoo shoo, shoo 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 sho